When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, tell, tell us about Come it, Come on! Well, well, diversity well, is the key to make successful cities, period. So, Not a bunch of blue-ass so, niggas that got a degree thinking, I don't want nobody to make less than $50,000 living on my block. That's so, and that's fine. And all of that talking about affordable housing, which is not market rate, which is not $3,000 for a one-bedroom apartment, but affordable housing does not increase crime, does not increase any of that. That's a f***ed up way of thinking about some nouveau Negroes. You hear that? Yeah. That sounds of the barbershop. So right now, three brothers are in the shop. So this is a gent spot. It is the it's the oasis for black men to get away. You know, the barbershop. We always talk about barbershop talk. So we're doing a barbershop episode right now. The gent spot in Houston, Texas, off of Highway 6. Come check it out. Um, dope spot. Basically, it's the black man's country see it you'll see the pictures see the videos i'm happy to be here so if you hear random people chiming in that's the shop talk so uh who's up first i think uh the homie razzy got some in the chamber yeah yeah so you know we while we're here in houston right we're here to celebrate Ferg's vow renewal um 10 years in the game right 10 years in the 10 game, years, in the game. Yeah, 10 years out of the game well huh? I get, yeah, two years out of the game, two years into the marriage game, however you want to say it. But ultimately, we're here to celebrate you, bro. And for the listeners, we got a lot of listeners that talk about how marriage is so hard and it's so much work and all that's BS. Overrated. But it, it's overrated, as Byron says. <laughs> so, <laughs> but when you when you think about it, I wanted to get you guys best advice for the folks out there. Um, that's looking to be married, that might be you know dealing with relationships, that type of thing. What's the best advice you can give them so that they can make it to ten years and buff? How long have you guys been married? Like ninety? Made sixteen last month. Sixteen years, man. That's a blessing. So yeah, um, whatever y'all can kind of tell the listeners um, to watch out for some best practices, things like that for for keeping a marriage going. Uh, just know however happy you are on your wedding day it's not going to always be like that and that sounds simple but I think people really underestimate like you mentioned how tough marriage can be and too many times I think when it gets hard the best the, the common option is to just walk away from the course well, okay I, I come home my dinner not hot I'm out. I don't, I don't want this no more. Or she ain't, she ain't, she ain't sexing me like she used to. You know what I mean? So just know that it comes with with bad times, and you're supposed to work through them together, not separate or run at the first sight of a uh, trouble. 
because I mean, marriage can be fun. Like we always say, how difficult it. Is. No, it can be fun. It can be dope, especially if you marry someone that's your best friend and that you really enjoy, like genuinely enjoy. I'm not talking about the guy that has to stop at happy hour after work because he ain't ready to go home. I'm talking about the guy that's ready to go home because he enjoys being with his wife. It can be dope, but just know that tough times are coming and be willing to work through it. I'm gonna piggyback off of what Buff said. I think you got more gems out there. But it's the tough times. We talk about the tough times and you have to realize marriage is something new for everybody. So one of the things is to kind of unlearn some of the stuff you've been learning your whole life. For one, all of the, this is how women, women's supposed to act in a relationship, this is how the man's supposed to act. Also realize that you got burdens, I mean baggage and she has baggage. And I heard this the other day is every relationship you were in prior to this, you were practicing divorce. That's, oh, why, that's why it didn't work, right? Like if it didn't work out, you got out. And so there's nothing you've been in your life like marriage. Every, if you had 10 girlfriends before you got married, you divorced 10 of them, right? You divorced all 10 of them. So you're almost conditioned to look for exits. You, either you get out all the way or you kind of check out partially, whatever the case may be. So you have to realize that I gotta undo my learning. I gotta think of this differently. Um, and so with that being said, build for you two, build for you and your spouse. It's, you figure out what you guys want. Uh, I think one thing that helps Z and I is we have a vision of what we want our marriage to be, who we want to be in our marriage, we call ourselves Team Bird because it's like we're a we're truly a team. It's we're working towards the same goals, just like in a team, it's it's, it's only if the team wins, the team wins. So it's not if a Z wins an argument, I win an argument or she's winning in life, I win in life. It's either we're winning or we're losing. If I'm on offense and she's on defense, I can have the best offensive game of my life. But if her defense game is off, we take an L, I can't I can't pat myself on the back for saying like when I scored 48 points, you have the defense, the other team score 49. <laughs> <the> L. <laughs> you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> but L is an L. Or, you know, she hold him at three points, I can't score zero. You know, she's like, nah, I only, only score three points. It's an L. So work together, have a vision that makes you guys happy. And enjoy each other like that's you said some stuff like somebody that truly makes you happy you know learn how to enjoy who you're with dating marriage especially when you throw kids in there things you enjoy become a little different and it's e it's easy to want to do the same things you were doing 10 15 years ago when you first started dating those things change a little bit so you got to still find ways where you can be happy and enjoy that person but still never like Byron you date the Tabitha. Like, you date the hell out of Tabitha. Y'all going trips. You're always posting pictures of you going out in town. Even uh, those fancy restaurants y'all be going to. Even. You rented a Range Rover, bro. It was a baby Range yeah. Rover. So. Who, <laughs> has, anybody else been on, has anybody been on a date this weekend? <laughs> has anybody been on a date this weekend? <laughs> right? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Byron, did you take your wife on a date? We went yeah. out to eat. What do you call it? We were yeah. hungry at the same did, time. Did the, did, we went to the same did, place. Did they have prices on the menu, Byron? <laughs> we don't we even throw his flex on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up a chair, bro.
Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. It had a menu. <laughs> and it didn't have prices on it. You, you, you gotta ask, you can't afford it. That's what it is. But we went to a spot called Kirby's, man. You know, I'm not from here, I wanted to try I wanna check it out. I'm from here and I ain't never tried it. Um you know, but they, you know, have fun. Um what one thing one thing I'll say about dating though is to keep a healthy relationship, you can't lose yourself. And coming from me, the whole independent equal single guy, um, I, I think you still need to be independent yeah. or or an individual, right? I remember I kind of cleaned it up a little bit, and I was talking about how you got to stay an individual, but you got to let let go of the independence That's if you're stupid. actually in a relationship. And I think with that is kind of talking about this. You talked about the barbershop, right? And that Mecca and being able to come and chill and do things without your spouse. Yeah. I think that's the other part about it is to have a healthy relationship. You got to be able to go and do stuff by yourself. You got to be able to kind of make time for yourself and actually chill out and not worry about her calling you 15 times because you've been out with your boys for two hours. Right. Or or like she goes out with her homegirls and you were. Um, I love that skit on TikTok where they talk about the boy, the fellas going out and she like, where you going? What y'all gonna do and everything? And he like, I don't know, I'm trying to figure it out. But then when she goes out, he be like, alright, you know, I'm good. I don't care. So that's the thing. So ladies that's listening, I know a lot of our listeners, most of our uh, listeners are ladies. So when y'all listen to me, let your guy have some time. If, if he plays video games, let him play video games. If he goes golf, let him go golf. I mean, you know, whatever he does... Let him have that time to recharge, to reset his mind, so then he can come and he can give his all to you. Because if he if if he's always giving to you, always giving to the family, always giving to the kids, and not taking care of himself, then y'all relationship is gonna is gonna ultimately fail. Because at, at some point he's gonna hit a wall and he's not gonna be able to give to you anymore. In those sixteen years of us, that actually was one of our issues. You know, but with us living up in, in D.C. Uh, like Tabitha's friend Akila moved to LA. Allison was still in Mobile. So she didn't really have any friends. So her going out was when we did something. But I also, I met friends working where I worked. And she admittedly resented that. She grew to resent that a little bit. So that was one of those tough times I spoke about. You know, she didn't have a lot of her own friends. And so you know, when I would go out, you know, I kind of get like a little shade. You know what I'm saying? So, are you going out again? Must be nice. You know what I'm saying? So, but she she has friends now. So that's that's one of those things that we work through that I talked about. But it's funny you say that. I think we have to keep and keep creating our identity. Like as a wife or as a husband, you're more than just a wife or a husband. Mm-hmm. So. You're a wife, you're a mother, you're you're tab, you're tab the worker, like still building on those things and still be independent. So you were talking about being independent and having your own life with friends, but separating those things as far as being a wife does not equal being a mother. Being a husband does not equal being a father. I've actually I've said this a thousand times. I've heard women when you talk about what makes you a good wife, they talk about being a good mother. And you separate those things. So when I say back to that, because you got you got a date. So because you're doing the great things for your kids, it's to mean you're keeping your husband happy. 
you know, it, it, or vice versa as a husband because you, you're sacrificing for your family and stuff you're like working, that. Working, you yeah, going yeah. out, you working hard and all that, yeah. But you're not being a husband, you're not dating your wife. She sees you as a provider, that's part of your identity, but are you still romantic? Are you still building into her? Does she still see you that same way? Is that same energy, that the chemistry still there? And you gotta realize that everything doesn't flow into everything else. So because you're strong or you're overdoing it on one side, don't don't forget about the things that 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 other person needs. Also, don't forget yourself. You know, if you start describing yourself, you're more than just a husband and a father. You know, there's other parts of you that you need to grow to. Uh, nourish, nourish, and cherish each other. And, you know, make you everybody better. Nourish, 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 That's my one. Nourish. My last point on that question, though. The flip side, because I said be willing to work through tough times. That doesn't mean you let him go upside your head and say you got to work through it. Yeah. yeah. He brings T- you. T- tough times should not be that. Yeah. <laughs> he brings you STD home, you know what I'm saying, every three months. Not those type of tough times. <laughs> but, you know, you don't. That made me think of something. I'm going to leave it this. Realize that it's okay, okay to get help, too. Because I think so often we, we and me as a people, we're so used to struggling and trying to make things work on our own or that we don't realize that we're not equipped to handle all the problems that we might have in our marriage. So once again, this is a, a, a call for therapy. You know, like if, you, if you're in a relationship where this person has anger and, and anger management issues, depression, all that stuff, and you stop saying pray about it, stop saying, you know, go be stronger, read a Go get help because you're hurting yourself trying to solve a problem that you're not equipped for. And you're probably just going to put more pressure on yourself because you feel like you're doing everything right to help this person and they're not getting it. So you're putting in the energy and you're not getting the results they want, you want. And then the person is probably getting annoyed because you're annoying the hell out of them trying to make them better. Like, well, why are you depressed? Have you thought about this? Yes, thought about this. Like it's, you're not equipped to handle the depression. So stop trying to solve everything between just the two of you. Go get help. Ray, you got anything to close with? One thing I heard an old person say, though, uh, she talks about how you never both fell out of love. And I think that's one thing. You're always going to get to the point that you might not like each other, but you have to realize that the two of you came together for a reason, and you're going to get back to that as long as you don't both fall out of love at the same time, you're going to be okay. You got any married in there? Associate Ray, you been there? How do you say married? Happy. If you got to come a little closer to life, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say for me, uh, this will make my 13th year being married, uh, 20 total years with my wife. And for me, I thought the key to happiness when I first got married was to basically keep a job, provide uh, as best I could, uh, don't get into any physical altercations, and everything would just pretty much just, just fall in line. And what I learned was it's a whole lot deeper than that. Yeah. Uh, 
biggest thing for me was communication. Like that's the biggest thing. Like whether it be, you know, as men, we all have egos. And sometimes, you know, when, especially when, when you're young, starting your career off, you're not making as much money as you, as you are, as you, as your career progresses. Mm -hmm. So you may not want to communicate at that particular time with your wife, hey, you know what? I don't have it. I might not have have it all this month or you know as far as like as far as like finances, you know, you don't you're not too 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 open it as far as like discussing finances or you know, with me the big thing was discussing finances, discussing feelings, um also uh, being young, getting married. You know, when you're young, especially when, you, when you're a bachelor, you used to come and going as you please. When you get married, you got somebody to answer to whether you like it or not. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all adults, we're all grown, but you have to, you have to answer this one. You got, you got to communicate with someone. Whether it be, hey, you know, for example, me and my boys, we get together every year for homecoming. I know I can't wait till the day before homecoming. Hey, babe, uh, just want to let you know uh, I'm not going to be home till, till 5 o'clock uh, Saturday night. That's not going to work. <laughs> you know, you got to communicate that, you know, at least, you know, a couple of weeks or a month in advance or just let her know. Well, she know, you know, hey, baby, you know, homecoming come around this year. Saturday night I might be out a little bit late. You can't just, you know, it's, it's all about communication. Yeah. I mean, you know, your finances, you know, relationships, uh, just everything across the board. The biggest thing for me was just communication. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. how, do we, how, do we not, how do we not bring up communication? That's, the oh, first, yeah. that's like the one-on-one advice. Yeah. Communication is the key to all, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Appreciate it. What's your name? Uh, Terrence. 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 Yeah. Tavares, man. You with three brothers, no sense. So we do a podcast. Good to meet you, man. Right. Razio. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good to meet you. Okay, I appreciate that. So, communication, you know, gave, gave me some pointers. Uh, you got a question for us? What's up next? I do. It's, it's a non uh, married person. I didn't know if you wanted to be like, Nah, bro, it is, it is what it is. Okay. All right. Uh, so, I think last week I asked y'all the question and I said, please don't cap and be honest. So, there's another one of those type of questions. Um, so, Dave Chappelle, a few months ago, he made news. He went to one of like the town hall meetings or whatever, and he objected to like some low income housing being put up near their neighborhood. And people was like, oh man, it's messed up. How could he be like that? I was a little quiet on the subject. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was a little quiet on the subject. So I definitely know what it's like to be low income. I've shown the, the garage apartment that I grew up in, in, in Pritchett, Alabama. Uh, so I definitely believe in helping people uh, whatever that are trying to, you know, make a, a, a good living. But I also have a home that I, I want the property value to stay up and things like that. My question to y'all is, are you okay with low income housing being built next to your, your neighborhood or your house? Why, why not? 
Hills and no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta keep shaking the head at us. <laughs> I mean, like you said, no cap. Just, just being one hundred percent honest, you got to think about. As soon as they build low income housing, it's going to deflate your property value, right? I mean, I think Houston's like that, right? They don't have zoning laws, so you literally can have that, right? You can have this huge house, and then right across the street have you know some projects. And, and what ends up happening is with low-income housing comes crime. We know it. Economically, they study it, right? Low-income housing, um, lower economic uh, circumstances increases violence. It increases crime. It, in, it, it increases drug usage. So Not just black, low-income, low period. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. across the board. And I think that's, that's what a lot of people, like, you get a lot of the pushback from yeah, trailer parks. Tra- like trailer a, parks yeah. is the exact same way. Yeah, so it's it's people automatically assume you're trying to be racist or or like anti-black or you're not trying to do that when you say that. But it really is like my mom just got a property in Irvington, um, right outside of Mobile, and um, there's a trailer park across the street. And I told her not to build a house on it because of that same ex- thing. I'm like, do not build a house there because. That trailer park is going to depress that value. You're not going to get the money that you would be putting in by building a house there. So, I mean, you just have to understand the circumstances and the situation. Dave Chappelle does not want, you know, 300 people in low-income housing very close to his property when when they can't make the rent, when they need some, some copper, where are they going to come? They're going to hit his property up for it. So I, I'm I'm definitely with him on that. Why would he? Why would they even think this is a good idea? Like, did somebody say sign me up to build some projects next to my my multi million dollar house? Like, <laughs> first of all, the term is affordable housing. It's okay. not low income housing. And I sit on a board for city planning. That's bullshit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, tell tell us about it. No, diversity is the key to make successful city. Period. Not a bunch of blue-ass so, niggas that got a degree thinking I don't want nobody to make less than fifty thousand dollars living on my block. That's so, and that's fine. And all of that talking about affordable housing, which is not market rate, which is not three thousand dollars for a one-bedroom apartment, but affordable housing does not increase crime, does not increase any of that. That's a up way of thinking by some nouveau Negroes. So finish getting your hair cut because I want you to come. Bro, you ain't ready for me, dog. Let's do it, bro. Come on. That's, so, that's and I'm the booziest nigga out of everybody in here. I already know that without even knowing everybody. So why, why would I? So you said that's so what Dave Chappelle's situation was a little bit deeper than that. It wasn't because he didn't want it there. It was a lot of policy things that went along with that. So it wasn't just like I don't want that in my backyard. Yes, it wasn't that. Yes, money yeah, it was some other things going on with that, but it ain't just like so keep the poll niggas out. Oh, so for me, it's you saying that that's what builds a great city, right? That's what makes a good city. Diversity, Diversity makes a great city. What the hell does that, what does that have to do with Tavares Ferguson and his family? I, I don't. The city's not giving me money. I'm not benefiting from the greatness of this city. Like I still have to make. I still have to. Why that selfish living, bro? Why? 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 Why would you say that selfish living on my part? Because of this. Everybody got to make I didn't say that. So we haven't given a number. So I, uh, you, you immediately said 
Why would you want projects in your backyard? Why would I want pro? Why would I want why, projects why in my I backyard? We said we mentioned projects a couple of times, so I'm like, why would I want projects? I'm I'm restating what well, we I said. They build projects anymore. They build like actual homes okay. or apartments or whatever like that. You know what I mean? Starbucks pouring the coffee. Somebody has to be able to commute back and forth to work to work these other jobs. So affordable quote unquote housing projects, they're a means for to keep the community flowing. Because when school starts, high school kids, they gotta go back to school, they can't work these certain hours. People in the suburbs, you know, you guys move we all moving out to the suburbs areas, we have to have these amenities in our Community. And they have to be working. So it has to be accessible to get to these places. I want to come to my man. I want to come to my man right here, want, though. We want to start redlining again. Because he, we got he, a little money. He's very passionate about this. Uh, I like so that. So I want you to correct, <laughs> correct me. That's just what I do. I'm an architect. I, I get that. I get that. But I think having low income people in a cluster like that is a disadvantage to them. Because that's how. What do you consider low income? People that move in affordable houses that, that can't afford. It's based off your area, to right? To be a nouveau negro, as you put it. Market, let me, let me get my question out. Market rate housing is uh, a one bedroom for over two thousand right. dollars. So anything right. under that is called affordable. Yeah, but kind of doing some magic. You know what we're talking about here. And when you put people in a cluster like that, it's much easier. Marginalize them and, and cut them off from access to, to good schools. And, and they, they even got studies on how they do people's groceries in low income neighborhoods. So, why would you be for putting people in a cluster like that instead of having them spread out all over in the city so that they can't be easily cut out of the good, of the good things that suburban America gets? So, why would you even be for putting people in a cluster like that? Because that was one of the major problems with projects. That we're gonna put all these Negroes in one area and we know we can ignore that area. You spread them out throughout the city. You can't ignore, you can't ignore Ray Ray when he living next door to Beth. You know what I mean? So why would you even be for having people in a cluster like that when you can easily marginalize them? Because I don't think it marginalizes them, but what it does is. What do you does, mean? How do we no, have poverty then? No, it's, I think you're looking at it totally different. You're not creating a ghetto, that's not what you're trying to do. You're, you're talking about development. But that's what happens. It's a development. Every building that you go, that you build right now has to have a certain percentage of affordable housing units. You can't just white people out and say the only rich white people live here. You gotta have a certain amount of units that are affordable. You once, once you start grooming people, you do. also put them closer to the access. You don't, you don't, you don't find those services out in the suburbs. Are you telling me America doesn't do that? what you're telling me right now sitting in that barbecue? Eric doesn't do I'm not saying I'm not saying it's perfect, but what you're saying is it's, it's not fun. it's not even that it's not perfect, it's not working, it's failed. I don't I don't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's, they can't afford to be in the suburbs. Put them, they shouldn't be all they don't have an access, they don't have an inner city access to services and all those other things. It should be we have we have three or four homes in this neighborhood. We have three or four homes in that neighborhood. It shouldn't be everybody just in and this and one I spot. Think that's, I think that's what Rafi 
is is explaining about any new development, you have to have a certain amount of affordable homes in that development, right? So that it's not. I, so I, I'm cool with that. Like, and and so I, I'm cool with that where. We have some affordable homes where even in new developments, uh, you see in subdivisions, you'll see the garden homes is what they call it, right? You got the, the under hundred, $150,000 homes, and then you had a $500,000 homes, right, in the development. They, they always build like that so that they have some more affordable in that community, and then they have those higher end ones in the back of the subdivision or whatever. I'm cool with that. What I'm not cool with, when I say I don't want, I don't want a project, I don't want a, a Bessemer or, you know, uh, like that type of area where it's just like, boom, I'm going to put 400, 500 low income people in this three block area. And we know that that's the spot we're not going to. And it's right across the street from my 400, $500,000 home. That's the part that, I, you know, I don't want. So that's, like, a, that's what I agree. So when, when the question was posed, I'm thinking you're about to create a whole, a, st- a whole community. And you were saying, but they can't afford it. Like, why they can't afford to stay in the suburbs? But you're gonna bring them out to the suburbs, create a community in the suburbs. For the, like, it's what are we talking about? Like, if you're if you're doing like Byron said, maybe three or four affordable homes in every area. Agree. People should have access to uh, to good schools, to uh, good food. I mean, I mean, we we all know about food deserts. Like, we understand that. Ain't just food deserts. They give those people like they relabel the meat to where that meat like long expired, man, and, and selling them cheap steaks and things like that, man. It's it's bad, it's bad. Speak, I feel like you you're brewing over there. What you got? Like you're talking about how the how the grocery stores work. That ain't got nothing to do with what we talking about. Like that's nah. Because when they go press, when they compress them in one area, it's easier for them to identify and do things like that. Who's fault is that? Is that, is, that's not the developer or the city. That you're talking about the groceries. Like you, you putting a lot of stuff. Who's falling? You let a lot of people off the hook, man. Be so passionate. I'm not letting people off the hook, but no. your one plus one don't equal two. I mean, what math you doing? I mean, when does one plus one not equal two? Man, honestly, it almost sounds like you're. Your point is moving more toward Feet's point. Because you're saying that you need to spread these people out. Yes. And put them in different neighborhoods so that you don't create food deserts, you don't marginalize people. Yes. So, how about to spread these people out? Like, no, no, I'm saying just regular fucking people. Yeah, no, we're, we're not. I mean, I'm not saying these people in that way. I'm saying that you're spreading out low income. Your job your job addresses that. these people. You just said you work with these people. Well, I'm saying I think he is making your point to spread the, spread them out, the low income housing, and now you have to put them in the neighborhoods next to the yeah. people with the half million dollar house. Yeah. Now they're in these neighborhoods so that they're not marginalized. They don't have to worry about food deserts and things like that. Do I agree with that? Some of it. Because me personally, I'm like for I'm worried about me. <laughs> I'm, I try to help other people, but when I'm talking about the price of my house or my income in my house, I'm doing what's best for me and mine. So if I build a half million dollar house, 
I don't want you to put somebody next to me with a $100,000 house. And it's nothing to do with if they're criminals, if they're the greatest person in the world. It's something to do with, I build a half million dollar house and I need my property value to stay wherever it is or be as high as possible. Because that's, that's how that. comps work. I mean, as an architect, you understand comps and that's, that's really what it, they're looking at. See Bruin. I, I, don't, I, I think y'all missing it. I mean, when you have a subdivision, we're talking about homes, you'll have a subdivision that say starting at $600,000. That's what it is. That's not affordable housing. Affordable housing are apartments, leasable units. So we're talking about two different things. You're not going to have an $800,000 home next to an apartment building in most cities. I don't know how Houston works. Houston's a little weird. Why is that? So you're saying that they should have uh, an apartment? No, I'm not. I'm not so saying that's what you're saying. So when you say low income, say like, I've never said low income. I don't use that term. Or, or affordable housing. Affordable housing. My thing is, if I have an eight hundred thousand dollars house, I don't want you to build a problem. I think it's dangerous that you don't want to address low income. That, to me, and that's this is only talking about the low housing point. But now you letting uh, job creators off the hook. Now you need to. We need to be screaming low income because. There are people that are not making a livable wage. So you can ignore low income, but that's real, and that's a real problem. I, I, I get what you're saying. You're trying, you're trying not to talk about low income. I did say it was different. It, it kinda, I did kind of move it, but you're so against the, the term low income. That's a real term, bro. Not, not a term. Especially with inflation going on right now. It's affordable. Affordable when you're talking about housing. Low income when you talk about the the income base, right? Or the the, the community. So man, you can't throw a term like nouveau negro or whatever you said out there and then want to ignore stuff like low income. No, I, I stand Come by on, that term. Man. Like, and you can't, but you wrong on it. No, it's not. You are. Half, half you people, are. Half the people talking about not in my backyard grew up in households with two working parents making under a hundred thousand. Wait, oh, wait. I grew up super broke. Yeah, right. I, so so now, 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 us fam viewers, we can't even live, or we can't take a job that don't make six figures. It's impossible to live off of under six figures. That's the most. That's that new Negro. And we can't admit that there's a such thing as low income. I never, I never disagree with that. But in housing, it's not an appropriate term. It, it is. Who qualifies for affordable housing? <laughs> it's based. It's based on your income, and most of those people make a living wage. Do you understand how high rents are right now? Yes. I live in a studio and I pay sixteen hundred dollars. That's not most working people that make a decent wage, fifty thousand dollars or more, whatever your term is, decent wage, can't afford that and live with a family. Okay. They just can't. So that's why. So you have all affordable, affordable right? Right. So and we're, that's what we're saying is all affordable homes isn't low income housing. So there's a difference. Affordable affordable homes, there may be somebody making $60,000 a year and still qualify for affordable homes. That doesn't mean that we're talking about low-income housing. So let's clarify. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's clarify. When we say low-income housing slash affordable homes, what are we talking about? Because you were just saying apartments. You're not You're not talking. When we, we saw the $100,000 house mark, you were like, no, we ain't really talking about that. I am talking about them building, me having apartments for that that's not considered affordable housing or you say that's not affordable housing the apartments is that affordable is, is that what you're referring to apartments or uh not even just apartments because there's nice apartments and all the, I'm not apartments, I'm just saying these 
income-based housing projects. Income-restricted housing. You, you think those should be built everywhere? I'm not saying everywhere, but you don't, you don't, you don't group them to a certain area. That we can agree. I think we all agree. Right. He he said that. What 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 he said? Pretty yeah. much that moving moving them around like that is a solving issue. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can continue this, but for the show, we're going to have to <laughs> take a break. <laughs> we got to cut it short. <laughs> but I'm sure over the weekend, this conversation is going to continue. <laughs> Anybody have one last question for us? We go all over. We go that, all that, over. That, that's, the, that's the barbershop, right? It it's just whatever come up. Being a bachelor. All right, so yeah, the, the question was, how do you go from being a bachelor, moving into a committed relationship, and then uh, eventually into marriage? Roger talks about this all When you wake up, you don't got no book? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So this is this is how you know, right? You're a bachelor, you out, you moving, you shaking. I think everybody tries to force relationships and, and like get into this whole, oh, we, we are official because we said it. My thing is, Dating should be like the Hunger Games. May the odds ever be in your favor, baby. I am committed to you, and we are in a 100% monogamous relationship. When I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, I look around, and I'm like, man, I ain't got no Like, what are y'all at? Like, when when all you want is her, no matter what, the chicks are out there, you can see her, but you don't want her. You only want that one that's when you know she's the one. That's when you should be moving into a monogamous relationship. I think we move too fast from, from the dating stage into the relationship stage and we're not ready. And so then you just cause problems, right? Like now I still want to go out and date, but this my lady. So now she's going to be my main, but I got some chicks on the side because that's what I want, right? So I, I think what you have to do is slow it down and really be open go back to communication right it's all about communication and saying hey we're dating and if I see you out on a date with somebody else it's all good but our egos won't work like that so we end up wifing chicks up because we don't want to see her with anybody else (laughs) hey good good Oh, oh the, yeah. the bartender's here, so we about to cut this real short. <laughs> y'all y'all want to add anything? I'll add. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The Terrence, right? And this is a question I'm going to pose to all you guys. Do you think monogamy is natural? Oh, oh, oh. My man! <laughs> My man! Oh. Now, this is coming from a brother. Before I was married, I lived the ultimate bachelor life. I mean, you know, I traveled, you know, I dated, and you know, I learned everything I, I, I know now through trial and error. So, you know, of course, when I started out, you know, being a bachelor, you know, back in the day, I'm, I'm 49 years old. So back then, I'm, I'm probably older, older than a lot. But back then, you know, it was a good thing to have a bunch of bunch of women, to have a, a, a roster, so to say. And then you get to the point to where, you know what? 
I'm tired of lying, man. Oh, uh, you know, I got this chick over. And, man, I'm ready for her to go, man. Let me get dressed like I'm going to work and get in the car and go around the corner and come back. <laughs> and you got to, and for me, you know, I, I went through those stages. You know, I got to the point to where, you know, I got tired of lying. Okay? Well, let me just be real with him there. When you start being real, being honest with them, some of them can handle it, some of them can't. You know, you may be to the point to where you, you dating maybe like two or three at a time, and you may just spend a little bit more time with, with one out of the three. But she knows that you're dating. You got other, other you know, other female friends or whatever that you date, and she's like, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, we dating. You know, you say we're dating, you say we're not exclusive, but you spend a lot of time with me. You know, that's kind of confusing. So, like I say, I'm, I'm married, but don't get me wrong. I'm totally committed, but sometimes, some, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> hey, sometimes you miss the thrill of the hunt. Or what do you do when, you know, we men. So, you know, you wake up with a feeling every morning. What do you do when your wife don't wanna, don't wanna, you know, don't wanna have sex with you? She talk about she tired. Well, you know, I had to watch the kids and this and that and the other, and, you know, I just don't feel like it. You know, and I posed this question one time, you know, to my wife, you know, she's like, you know, cause you know, we went through that period, like, you know, I'm like, well, you know, what you want me to do? I got married so I wouldn't be out there chasing all these different women. You know, I got married to the point to where if I wanted to roll over and get some, then it wouldn't be no problem. But now you're telling me you're tired. So what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't think it's natural. It's not. Uh, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. It, it shouldn't be, be done. done. But, um, it takes it discipline. Is, yeah. Just like just like almost any good thing in life, it takes discipline. It takes discipline to go to that job every day and try to get that promotion. It takes discipline to eat right, exercise, to make sure you're living healthy. It takes discipline to be monogamous and not chase after these other women. It you takes gotta, discipline. You got to so, suppress... Yes, so it's, I don't think it's natural. I think when I brought it up, I feel like Rozzy disagreed with me, but if y'all answers change, I don't think it's natural, but it can be and should be. I, I think it's in, in the environment, right? It's natural for some species, right? We talked about the whole penguins mate for life and all that, so it happens. It can happen, but I, I agree with you. It takes work because you are always going to have a wonder or not, right? Yeah. And and that just goes back to my whole taking it slow and making sure that the one you do pick that you're trying to make for life can give you the incentive not to have that wonder or not, right? Like I see other people, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go after it, right? And Ferg, I know you have your whole thing about being shallow 
and always wanted to like be attracted to her and all of that. Yeah. And I think that's a part of it. Like th- there's that work, right? There's that commitment of saying, I'm going to stay attractive to you. I'm going to stay like in that, in that mode of making sure that you want me at all times, right? I'm going to grow with you and I'm going to, if you get other interests, if you're trying to do something real nasty, I'm going to try baby. It's whatever, whatever, yeah. you know? So I, I think it's brought up some good points. I don't think it's natural. It is hard work. It is dedication. And for one, I think it has to be the right person. My wife is the only person that I felt like being monogamous with was worth it. She's the only one you never cheated on. Yeah, she's the only woman I've ever dated I've never cheated on. I say on the show. You said it on the show. I said like, she's a, but it was something about her that made me want to take to act. I got a couple of exes that listen to the show. It is. It is. It is. This, 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 this dude got on the show and thanked all of his exes for making him the man. For his wife. Oh, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so you said she's the only woman you never cheated on. What do you what do you mean by cheating? Like because you know they say the only true commitment is marriage. Okay. So were you faithful before y'all got married? Yes. Or, or so I've been I've been with my wife since two thousand nine. I haven't touched another woman since two thousand nine. Um and I can say that wholeheartedly. And anybody that knows me like he ain't lying. But for me, she was the first person that made me want to do that because I understand it's not natural. I don't think it's under it's natural for you to really commit to any one thing for the rest of your life and not have that wandering eye. You have the best job in the world, but if you have another job that looks better and they're paying you more money, you won't look at it. You won't look at you won't you know you you're not gonna eat your favorite food want to eat your favorite food every day, right? It's you you want something, but it's like you have to be disciplined. Um, and the conversation, the questions you were asking, is communication. Yep. So I would say my wife and I had a lot of conversations, communication early about those things. Sex is a must in my relationship. It, it, there's no questions asked. The day, the day you stop wanting to have sex with me, and I'm gonna do everything I can do possible to still be attractive. When we are having sex, I'll make sure you enjoy. Like I'm gonna put in the work to make sure that I'm doing my part. But the day you start withholding sex is the day you're starting to think about our marriage might be on the way ending. Because it's... She get like a day or two? No, 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 I'm not, no, 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 I'm not saying, I'm not saying, she don't say no, 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 I'm glad y'all cleared up. I'm not saying every time I want sex, I'm getting it. I'm just saying, what I'm saying is... It's not every day or every time I want sex. I'm not saying I have it like that. What I'm saying is Z knows sex is an important part of our relationship. There's people that haven't had sex with their spouse in months, years. That's not, that's a no-go. You you start, she told me the same thing. Like it's, we, we, we having sex. Like this is it. You know, you know, I'm being nice how Z said it. You know, it's, so it's all those things, you know, sex is important to me. Sex is important to you. All those things we talk about in relationship. If your attitude, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk to me, like you can't, you can't go around purposely making my life uh, miserable. We talk, we call it withholding happiness in our relationship. Anything that's intentionally withholding happiness in our relationship is a problem, and it has to be addressed immediately. So, so let, me, let me ask you this: What if she intentionally? 
Yeah. And, and I address that and I understand that, but I still, if I'm a priority in your life, um, then we need to work on that. And it might not be something I can fix or she can fix, but like I was saying other stuff, we got to realize that we're not qualified to handle every issue we have. So we might need to go get professional help to get you past that. That's we can't. Ex- I just can't accept, or we can't accept as people things that just withhold happiness. If, if I'm committed to you, then we should at least try to work together. To, you know, my happiness isn't all fall on her or vice versa, but it's like the effort to put that in. Like I know my husband's big on sex. I know my wife wants certain things. I have to put forth that effort. Effort when you just start chalking it in, it's. Is when you chalk it in, I'm going to chalk it in, right? You know, like, oh, you don't want to have sex? Like you said, at a certain point, I'm going to have to, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? He's <laughs> like, I got to do something. So I say for me, because uh, I've, you know, I've, I've faced those, those, those obstacles with my wife. For me, I guess uh, my focus has definitely changed. When I was younger, you know, I'd have been like, you know what, I'm not gonna deal with this. I, you know, but now, married, kids, okay, you know, you tired of whatever? Let me think, let me find something else to do. Let me focus on something else, and we'll go, we'll re- revisit this, this situation. It's a difficult topic, man, yeah. because you got, you know, some women that's not even. Trying to see or hear what you're trying to say. Hey, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. I, hey, those I those are independent like women, you. and they sing. But are you? You know, and we got to camp it all on women. Are we doing as as men the things that women need to be attracted? Like me, just saying I want sex tonight. And, and am I? What made her want to have sex with me when we were dating? Was I was was I was I whining and dining her? Were we dating? You know, we haven't been on a date. We're not doing those things expect sex you know it's kind of that's a tall ask because you're not getting what you want and neither is she we got to look at the bigger picture sometimes it's, it's easy to play the victim if you're doing the things to make her want to have sex with you if you make it enjoyable for her you understand the times that she says I have a headache or she's the part of my whatever issues she dealing with if you're willing to at least have an understanding eye understanding eye to those things and you still try to make it enjoyable to her and you're not just getting in there trying to get you and get out of there women want sex just like men so when you're making sure she enjoys it then you're gonna get that sex when maybe not all the time you want it but you're still gonna get it on a regular basis so when you talk about is it all about sex no no, I think it's commitment. So it's not all about sex. Monogamy to me is the reason. So commitment is a I don't think so. I don't think. Based I don't think. What? Just, just to be with one person and not straight. Because think about it. If I could. Where are you going? Spiritual? What are we going from? I just like give. Okay. I look at things totally different. Okay. If you didn't have religion, if Rafiq woke up and there was no religion or no God in course and you started it, I, I, I assume without religion, you're still going to be attracted to women. 
you're still going to want to date. You're still going to have carnal urges. You're still going to want to be in their presence. At a certain point, without religion, would you still want another one? Would you automatically find that one person you just want to be with them for the rest of your life? First of all, I don't know. I don't. I can't picture life without religion. However, in my religion, we can have a before <clears throat> wives. <laughs> no, but that, that's what I'm asking what are you. you? Talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? So for me, I know. I'm asking you. Like, so, <laughs> so, but, but, and the reason I ask you because it's not about sex. Like you have to be able to yeah. provide for them equally. Like one can't live in low-income housing, and then another one, <laughs> and then another one live. You know what I'm saying? And then another one living in a mansion. Like you got to be able to provide for them equally. You know what I'm saying? Like in time. Yourself and everything else. So I'm talking about an emotional state for me, uh, or emotional slash physical. For me, uh, I know I have to be monogamous because my frail male ego cannot. I cannot picture because monogamy works both ways. It's I'm a, part of the reason I'm monogamous is because I can't think about my wife being with anybody else. That's just 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 I'm just calling it like it is like you know. If we were in a polyamorous relationship, which sounds great, and she was like, so she can date somebody too? Can't do it. I'm I'm selfish. I, I, um, and I don't think it's natural, but I think the benefit that comes from it is I pour my energy into one person. That one person gets, and so that was the difference, was Z got the best of me. Z was the only person that got the best of me, rather than dating somebody, still trying to keep my, keep my cheeks on the side, or like, okay, you're not giving me what I need. Who am I? Who am I going to tonight? You were my roommate in college. You know how things work. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Monogamy is not natural to me, uh, but it's yeah, worth it. But it can be and should be. I don't think. I think it should be. Yeah, yeah. And and guys, we can finish this and we can continue, but we got to close out the show. Uh, we're bumping up on an hour right now. Okay. So, Bert. Anything take us out? Hey man, it was a great talk. I, I'm we're here, the gent spot. We didn't had everybody chimed in. Uh, Rafiq uh, doesn't like us anymore. He's gonna stop listening to the show. Uh, Nouveau Negroes, we gonna make, we gonna get that on our shirts. That, that's we, the name of the show, right? Yeah, I have to go live in a house. <laughs> <laughs> um, See? Ah, ah. I need you to go jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Barbershop talk in the barbershop. This is why we have the show. This is I can't I can't name it any better. Y'all know I have fun. I like when we disagree. I hate when the whole show is us just agreeing. I'm glad Rafiq jumped in and made it interesting. Um, but big shout out to the Gen Spot. I know they usually have like music in here playing. They had a normal vibe. These people turned the music down, allowed us to sit up in here, record. Uh, participated so I just really appreciate uh, this this place right here definitely enjoy it and um, that's it man we're we gonna renew some vows with, with Ferg and Z but um, had a good time today yeah most definitely man um, again once again shout out to the gent spot shout out to Ferg and Z man like my favorite couple so they that we've we've gone on trips together. We've hung out. We've done all kind of crazy stuff, man. I'm still trying to think through how I'm gonna uh, do this toast tomorrow. So, but man, we love you guys. We love the listeners. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Um, make sure you come back. 
So, oh. Oh, I'm closing them out. Oh, no, I ain't doing the Six Rules podcast. So, but uh, I will say, we, we didn't mention Inspire You on air, the new beat of the bay. So just make sure you check us out every Monday night, 10 o'clock. Appreciate you guys, as always, listening to us. Uh, you can always catch us on any podcasting platform out there, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anything like that. So make sure you go and listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, most and important. most importantly, listen again. Three Brothers No Sense. We out. <laughs>